Hello, media consumers. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm David Shoemaker. We're the hosts of The Ringer's Press Box Podcast. Twice a week, we have a free-flowing conversation where two old, old friends talk about media and sports and a little politics. Plus interviews with guests like John Krakauer and Jamel Hill. Funny stuff like the overworked Twitter joke of the week. Join us every Monday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's right. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Peter Rosenberg! Shout out to that guy, Oh my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Mage. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Mage. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast is back on the air, uh, holiday season style. And in keeping with the tradition we've kept all year, we will not be joined by Dipper Stand. We will, <laughs> we will be joined from uh, Westchester County, New York. I'm talking about the last professional broadcaster. Sam Roberts is on with me and SGG today. Thank you, guys. Thank you for two things. Thank you guys for having me on. And also, thank you for uh, licensing some of your vocabulary to me that I feel like, oh. you know, since since I had a certain guest on the show and was pointing out that he had adopted vocabulary from you guys, it kept coming up the great guy. Oh, so now it's in. Now it's part of the. Right. So now there are now now that vernacular has extended. Wow. Yeah, to the point where there are people that were like, I've, I, I hadn't even heard cheap heat, but now I say that because it, it's extended. So full, well, full. Uh, you know what? That's a beautiful. Credit. Yeah. That is. And not only that, and of course, we're joined by the physically large stack guy, Greg, from Philadelphia. Of course, every week, every wearing week. Wearing a beautiful, not Sam garment. That that the people can't get. No. It's, it's too, impossible. It's, too late. it's gone. Well, Sam and I are the only... Uh, we we've been the only pod wrestling podcasters who decided to try something with limited merchandise versus just having like an endless array. And we had this conversation many years ago. Like it just didn't seem cool that you could forever go buy the same shirt and you just keep adding and adding and adding. It, it's like sort of what made modern day wrestling merchandise less cool. It was just too available for too long. Yeah, and the art of uh, the art of the screen print too. The quality of a screen printed shirt when it's the real deal. It's not like a made to order, right? It's made to order in the sense that we do the pre orders, but it's not made to order in the sense that you can leave it up there forever. And, and people can just keep printing one offs. No, yeah, these yeah, are we'll real screen. Press it on. Yeah, no, it's a real 
screen, real screen printed garments by professionals that are that are built to last and be the shirt. Like that's why vintage wrestling shirts are so great because this is this is the shirt. This is the SummerSlam '92 shirt. This is the Austin Three Sixteen shirt. Like when you get an NWO shirt now, that's a reissue. It's not remotely in the. I mean, it's nothing. It's, it's like it's like for me getting getting a modern day reprint of something like that. Uh-huh. I think if I have like a couple of shirts, not 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 modern day reprints. I have like modern era shirts that I don't care about. They're treated like. I don't mow the lawn, but if I mowed the lawn, it's what I'm wearing. It, it's it's not a shirt you respect. It's not a shirt you appreciate. Now, this is a great transition uh, because um, thanks to Sam, and Sam, we should give a shout-out. You're talking about the gorgeous garments. We should give a shout-out to the man who's uh, printing these gorgeous garments. Yeah, Triumph Printing Company out there in Massachusetts. Doing a tremendous job. Killing the game. I've heard literally people have said, the Sammy Brand Muffin shirt. We just put out the Sammy Snowflake shirt for the holidays. Very limited. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Sammy, the Sammy Brand Muffin shirt that he did, people are like, this is, I mean, I'm." they're almost embarrassed to say because they don't want to, you know, suck up too much. But they go, this is my favorite shirt that I own. Well, well, good news, cheap eaters, because if you go on any of the social media pages of myself, SGG or Dipperstein, right. you will see the new cheap heat shirt which people are there are people out there saying not to not to go full Trump. A lot I've of people are it. saying <laughs> I've seen people it. are back people are saying I know exactly what you're going to say. And I can back you up on this. People are saying it's better than the redacted shirt. Yeah, that's, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen the comments. I've seen that's, many comments. And now on top of that, because Sam introduced me to Triumph Printing, the same shirt quality that Sam is saying people are saying is the best shirt they've ever had. That's what we're doing for the long sleeve and the short sleeve. So this is going to be a gorgeous lifetime sort of garment, and we're going to be selling them. The pre-order's up right now. The link is in all of our bios. And Sam, thanks to your advice, I did buy CheapHeatMerch.com yesterday. Hopefully by the time this episode airs, you can go to CheapHeatMerch.com, and it'll direct you to the website. That part I couldn't figure out on my phone last night, but we'll get there. (laughs) The simple redirect was too hard for me. Uh, but, by, but, but, but Sam, I was yeah. able to do something you were not able to do. Tell me. I was able, I did the work to switch on my website. So instead of saying add to cart, but I explained that it's a pre-order, I changed it to pre-order. Ooh, so there's no confusion. No Nobody confusion. Like, hey, where's my shirt? And by the way, like, you're going to be blown away how quick these things come. You know, once once you send all the info to the printer and everything, they're they're out. They don't mess around. They so, don't mess so, around. It'll be it'll be it'll be a couple of weeks and and then they'll be out. So so uh, Triumph Printing's taking off the holidays the the twenty fourth through the new year. So I'm taking orders. We'll take our orders for the shirts all the way up till twenty twenty three, and then that That's first it. week of twenty twenty three, they'll get mailed out, and we move on to whatever's next. Now, with all that, we move on to the world of professional wrestling. Um, and by the way, there is a, another episode of Cheap Heat coming Friday. Don't think we're we're done for the holidays yet. Uh, we will have the great Kevin Owens on the show. And even bigger than that, get ready, we'll hear from Brian Dipperstein. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I got uh, KO's coming on to promote the um, the MSG show. Sam, I hope you'll be joining. I'll be there for it. I'll be there for it. I believe... Uh, 
I believe I'll be there with the uh, comedian Robert Kelly, who's going to oh. be bringing his kid. I love, I love when people that I know are like, "Hey, I'm starting to get back into wrestling. Hey, my kid's getting into wrestling." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, let's go to a show. Let's go to a show. Let's go to a show." I was going to wow. say you don't want to be at a show with Robert Kelly and kids, but you said comedian Robert Kelly, not not musical artist, right? Robert Kelly, right? We stay. We'll call him Bob. We'll call him Bob. We'll Bob. Have you have you made that joke with him? Can I just call you R? Yeah, no, he, I think like, uh, I think his, he, in the early days of Twitter, he had a lot of problems registering a name because like R. Kelly was, was taking all the names. That's not what you want. No, um, it's only got so, worse. So that's of course, uh, the 26th at MSG. If you happen to be local, I strongly suggest you go. It's a great, great time. Uh, but SUG, what happened? Anything happened outside the ring this week? I didn't see anything that was shaking up the shaking up the wrestling world outside the ring so we can jump right into in-ring action sam uh sug is known for occasionally missing one of the things in his name a stat <laughs> do, did you have anything big outside the ring that like you're like what how are you guys not talking about this or do you agree there was not much from the uh, least professional broadcast to the last professional bro <laughs> <laughs> well said well what uh what time frame are we uh are we operating in when you say uh, uh, outside the ring? Like in well, the last big thing we talked about was Mandy Rose potentially being released because WWE still hasn't put out an announcement, and I don't think I saw her say anything. So yeah, that was our last. Everybody's news operating at the under the assumption week. that she is gone. Well, I mean, if you want a little uh, update, ski okay. on that, uh, her agent, you know, to so take it with a grain of salt because the news is coming from her representation, but said that uh, she made. $500,000 on her site since leaving the WWE, which is Come literally on. a week, a day, you know, less than a week. He says $500,000. Come on. I'm, well, well, listen, you know In what? I would question it. And I say this with all due respect. I'm not comparing them as people, but just to point out how crazy this world currently is. I mean... Bad baby supposedly making millions a month on OnlyFans. Oh my gosh, millions! I mean, if Bad Baby can pull millions a month, I don't see why Mandy Rose can't go way Have made it half a million. Yeah, I, me too. Easy. Oh, but I I did just remember a major outside the ring piece that I wanted to discuss on the show. Maybe was as excited to discuss it as anything on the show. That's great, and that is dangerous breed. The Teddy Hart documentary on Peacock. Oh. <laughs> I I almost forgot. Uh, SGG, have you watched yet? <laughs> I didn't watch it yet. I've been meaning to watch it. I hear I hear it's psychotic, and I'm sure you probably can. Tell. SGG, you guys will love it. You already love trashy docu TV. I'm sure. Oh, of course. Of you course. will. It's it's straight up. Listen, we love uh, some good TV too. Shout out to White Lotus, but I mean, come on. There you go. There you you go. need balance. You need balance. And and Sam, you know Sam, who was. Uh, dare I say, co-star of the second Tiger King movie. Yeah, you under say. you understand uh, what it is to make a brilliant sort of crime uh, doc series. And I, listen, let me just be clear. If you guys know nothing about Teddy Hart, because a lot of people, Sam, I really do think that it, if you weren't really deep into indie wrestling during a certain period of time, you probably don't know anything about Teddy Hart, except that maybe you heard his name and you know he was signed and fizzled out but you don't have any other real ideas about him. Wouldn't you say that's possible? Oh, for sure. If you're like a, a baseline, like I think we get clouded because you spend any amount of time like 
even on the outskirts of the wrestling world and everybody's got a hundred Teddy Hart stories. But if you're just like a fan that watches WWE every week, whatever, you might know, oh yeah, there's another, oh, that's that other heart that never mm -hmm. quite made it, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think there's probably a lot of people that that's their beginning, middle, end with him. Right, that's the whole thing. And so, so let me just say this. This was personally a fascinating experience and I don't want to make light of what the subject matter is because the subject matter of the series is about a woman who has now been missing for many years, several years now, um, who was in a relationship with Teddy Hart and then completely disappeared. So I don't want to make any light of how serious that part is. But aside from the, the serious nature of that, just from my own personal viewing standpoint, it was a bizarre experience because to watch a docuseries that followed the person that in my own real life I would have told you was probably like the weirdest person I've ever known <laughs> was just a fascinating sort of sociological experiment because it's like, wait, I always knew there was something really wrong with him. I couldn't place what it was. Um, and I still do have some level of empathy for him because I do think he's a not well person. And I know, Sam, you have your issues with the director, and a lot of people have their issues with the director and his participation in the film. But I do think one thing they did a good job of was sort of showing, clearly they're saying he's a terrible guy, but also did go and show his history and sort of how normal his parents seem to be and, and just make you wonder, how the hell did someone become this way? Did you, Sam, did you have any personal craziness with Teddy over the years? I was going to ask that same question. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, w I was around when he first started, like, showing up with his cat and mm -hmm. throwing it up in the air when he would come to the ring and stuff. And there were a lot of rumors about whether or not the cat was sedated and nobody, no, nobody ever asked him, like, no promoter ever asked him. You're bringing the cat, right? He just right. showed up Correct. with this Persian cat that, I mean, I remember sitting there in the in the Rawway Rec Center, which has very high ceilings and very watching high. him. Fling this poor animal up into the air. I mean, feet up into the air above the crowd and having it land down on him. I, I, it was really weird watching because, like, I swear I knew some of the people. They showed him he had, like, a live-in wrestling school mm -hmm. where, like, you would pay to go to his wrestling school, but then you would move into his house and the first quote unquote semester of wrestling school was just doing his chores, like going to the grocery <laughs> store for him, cleaning up the kitchen because, you know, if gotta you're not mentally dues. tough, yeah, if you're not mentally gotta tough, pay you, dues. you can't make it in the ring. No, he, he went full Miyagi in that yeah, regard. Yeah, yeah, and you're watching. And I swear, like, look at, and then you go in the backyard and he's got this like horrible ring that people are training in. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I interacted with some of those people, like in the 2013, maybe even earlier, maybe the 2008 era East Coast indie scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was dark. You know, I think the thing about when people are weird and you know they're weird is that it's kind of fun to imagine how weird they are. And then you see this is a person's life and he's bringing this on other people. Like they, it got like, Oh, like Whoa. really, really dark. And then the filmmaker, I have a pet peeve already 
about most documentarians that put themselves in their movies, you're I, already I, not, what are you documenting? You're doing a documentary about your documentary now instead of just doing the documentary. This guy goes so far that he interviews himself <laughs> he inter he sits himself in the interview chair and answers questions as if there's somebody talking to him when there isn't. My issue is that, like, I wonder how far this guy objected to some of the activities that he was seeing or if he realized, oh, the story that I have here is what a terrible guy Teddy Hart is. I just say that he's a terrible guy now when you could have been saying it the whole time. You know what I'm saying? No, it's a, it's a reasonable yeah. thing. And he does. I will say this about him. He's annoying. It's too much of him. And that argument that maybe he was part of it in that regard is a fair one. I do think he tries to, at least in the film, take on a lot of responsibility. Like he well, yeah, does. He, he takes on the responsibility as he's interviewing himself. <laughs> right, right, right. In, the, the, in that big in that big blockbuster interview with himself, <laughs> he he does sort of take ownership for it. But like, listen, it I, it's just if you're into wrestling and you're into the hearts and it, you, it's worth watching. And I know the hearts of Teddy has been a, a, a burden uh, of some sort um for a lot of them i mean like some people can't seem to get away like jack i don't know how jack evans has survived a, a, a life and career um running around with teddy and i'm sure tj wilson and natty have had to deal with teddy uh, a lot as well and i and i don't want to say that there's no good traits to teddy hart because i think that would be a that would be a false representation there is he's some, awesome at flips oh uh, well first of uh -huh. all Let's just to be clear, in his early indie days, yeah. even though he was over the top and his storytelling in the ring was a little bit non-existent, from a physical standpoint, he was as talented a person as there was in wrestling. From a physical talent standpoint, he was an absolute innovator with like the way that he would a lot of the common moves that already look dope and involve aerial tactics. He would just say, I'm always add a little extra piece to it that you didn't see anyone else do. And it was really cool. And it's why it got a lot of people interested and willing to forgive behavior that frankly was unforgivable for a long time. And then the cats started because the cats weren't there from the beginning. No, <laughs> but when no. the when the cats showed up, I was like, oh, this is going to a new level of weird. And then SGG, you were there, right? When we saw him at that party. I was. I was. We, at, where was that mania party? Dallas. In Dallas. For 32. 30, it was almost seven years ago now. That was the last time I saw him was at that house party. He was party with the cats. With the he cats. He had two cats, two lady <sighs> friends, I believe. <laughs> and he walked in, and he had he had great respect for you. Great respect for you, I got to say, because he well, walks you in. Remember, I, I'm glad you're here to remember the story, because I don't remember this. What he happened? He walks in, right? And we're, we're like in the living room. Some, we're somewhere, but we're near the front door. This was like a rented how airbnb kind of party situation yeah and it's like marks and like wrestlers were there it was it was insane and wrestlers on the fringe like a like a lot of wrestlers on the fringe you know i think like carlito and chris yep. masters and yep. you know you had a lot of people who were no longer wwe people the kind of people who at this point were willing to go to hang out at a weird house party filled but, with marks yeah but then it like was that a lot of, of roh people were there too roderick strong was there with yep, marina sure. 
Jack Evans was there. Jack Evans had been there for a while. And then Teddy Hart comes in and he has like a replica ROH title with him. <laughs> two, two cats okay. and then two two lady friends. Okay. And then he sees P and he makes a beeline for Rosenberg. Nice. Says what's up. They start talking. They're chatting for about 30 seconds. And then he goes, you seen Jack? Jack's here. And P's like, no, I haven't seen him. He's like, Jack didn't say hi to you? He <laughs> gives one cat to one lady friend, gives the other cat to the other lady friend, <laughs> sets the ROH title next to Rosenberg, said, I'll be right back. About two minutes later, he comes back with Jack. Dragging Jack Evans. Dragging him. Who's like, Rosenberg. I don't care that Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> and makes Jack say what up to Rosenberg. And like they have a little chat. And then then later on, you find out, or I found out that Jack was either in line to go to the bathroom or like in the bathroom when, <laughs> when Teddy he was, found him. When he was accosted <laughs> by his friend Teddy. And Hart. he was made to to say what's up to Rosenberg. Well, I the uh. I I knew the two of them together in the very early Sam. This is, I believe, the pre-Sam um, uh, pro wrestling syndicate days. Like mm. the, the the when I first the first thing I ever did with Eric at pro wrestling syndicate when I was at my highest level of heart markdom and like really back into like wanting to be a part of wrestling in the worst way. And I invited, I believe, Teddy and Jack came over. Oh to my apartment on 86th street and it was them um and, and and they brought some weird you know mark who was like driving them around you know who teddy was like using you know like a fanboy who teddy was using as like a personal helper yeah and they came over and the, the first thing that was a little strange i felt was when we got out of the elevator in and listen this is my first real new york apartment but it was still pretty nice um, it's a doorman building on the Upper West Side that we walk out of the elevator and, and Teddy just lights up a cigarette. <laughs> and like, this isn't 30 years ago, okay? This is, this is well into the era of that's a crazy thing to do. And he's just walking down the hallway smoking and I'm like, oh, and probably was too, probably didn't say anything. I was probably like, uh -huh, okay. We, we get to the apartment, hang out for a little while, then go downstairs to eat pizza at this restaurant, Dean's, that no longer exists. That, that was delicious. Rest in and, peace. Rest in peace, Dean's. And, in, and during this meal, he decides to start ribbing the Mark who was driving him around. Oh. oh. <laughs> he, he starts something about, like, the kid owing him money. Some sort of thing, dude, that was, like... The, for someone who's a, I'd like to believe in myself, a decent human being at worst, it was awful to sit through. You're just like, why are you doing this to this kid? The kid was so set, stressed out, bought it so hard. Everyone else was kind of just forced to sit through it. And and he's just a really weird, the, the part of wrestling that I think none of us like, you know, the part that you have to sort of deal with that goes back to the origins of it being a work. Mm -hmm. is that carny aspect that we're trying to get over on people aspect mm -hmm. that doesn't really exist anymore because it's really just a performance art with normal performers. Yeah, but because there's the, you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to work anybody because everybody is aware of what they're seeing now. Right. They're fine right. with it. They, they want to yeah. participate. You don't need to trick them. So 
there is that, and Sam, I'm sure you've seen it in other places too in your work in wrestling. Like there are places though where the carny sort of manipulators really still come out. And yeah. Teddy, Teddy's exactly in that class. Yeah, that that word manipulator is like right on. Like just in, in life in general. Because you see it pop up in other kind of entertainment forms as well. But it's it can get super heavy, especially in those days in wrestling. But I've just tried, I, I, I in my life, try to avoid crazy and manipulative people like the plague, like instantly. Like I... I smell a whiff of it. And it's like, I, you know, there's no argument. There's no fight. It's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to Irish goodbye out of here. Like I can't be <laughs> right. around this. Like I remember at, uh, it would have been, it was WrestleMania 30. It was the hotel in new Orleans. Okay. And I ended up in a room with Teddy Hart and some other people. And then, uh, we were in the elevator going down together. And then Teddy was going back up and he was like, Sam, would you scan your card so I can go back up in the elevator? Oh like, boy. Oh go, boy. I go, yeah, okay. And I scanned it and he's, and he like touched my shoulder and he was like, Sam, I appreciate that. God bless you. And I was like, <laughs> that is like, like just you trying to, I know what's going on here, dude. Like you trying to draw me in, look into my eyes. God bless you. This false connection that we're making. I'll yep. have no part of it. I'm going back to my room. I'm not hanging out with anybody. Mm -hmm. If any crimes happen, I'm not taking any responsibility. Nope. nope. We're going to get, we're going to find some chicken fingers. We're going back to the room. We're watching a shark tank marathon. It never <laughs> fails. By the way, that is such a realistic sounding story. Anyways, it's a really long way of saying <laughs> every, every part of it, even the shark tank marathon. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, uh, everyone listening to the show right now has Peacock, so watch it if you would like. We have to talk about the appearance of John Cena on SmackDown last week, which we all knew he was being promoted for the last SmackDown of the year, but they decided to pull a little mini surprise of having him pop out on camera to talk trash to Roman Reigns at the end of SmackDown. I'll ask you guys both, what did you think of it? And am I wrong for feeling like it felt a little weird? Like it just felt there was something a little, I don't know, it felt a little forced or something. I, I There was something about it that didn't hit quite right for me. I liked the end. His last line I thought was really funny, and I liked how it kicked into the music, and then Roman standing there with Cena's music playing. I sort of liked that. But there was a part, the lead up to it I felt a little strange about. But I could be wrong. SGG, what say you? Um, I agree with you though that the video felt a little random and and forced. I would wish they would have dragged it out a little bit more in terms of Cena being announced as KO's partner. Hell, maybe even that night, right? The fans know that Cena was gonna be there. He was promoted already. Um, so yeah, him being announced even that night as Kevin Owens' partner on the thirtieth, I think would have been fine. Because I'm with you that the video, even though I'm excited for the match and the announcement of Cena as KO's mystery partner, let's let's be real whenever they did it would have felt like a bombshell but him coming out with the video and saying you know i received a text from ko but then responding to us <laughs> instead of to ko it is a little weird yeah that, that is an odd way to respond sammy sammy brand what say you yeah well i always think like of all the different elements at play. I mean, you guys know, I think way too deeply about all this stuff. No, but like, not you. <laughs> I think about all the elements at play, right? And it's like, well, 
did they have to make the announcement at that exact time? And the answer is yes, because the promo had to be interrupted because the build was Sami Zayn is either going to be a full-time Oos or not. Like he's going to lose the honorary Oos title. He's going to be a full-time Oos. It's crucial that we don't get an answer to that mm. because it extends the eventual you're out of the bloodline. Where, wherever this is going, we have to extend it without it seeming like we're building tension because we're not there yet. See, folks, this is why he's the last professional broadcaster. You hear that? I also, in my mind, I, I the, the thing that is like, what? Like, I, I think that we're all kind of getting our brains rattled on and why it feels a little weird is because all of a sudden they're just like, hey, in two weeks, John Cena's having a match. And you're like, what? What? This is like the biggest yeah. news. He came back for Raw and all he did was a promo and he disappeared for another six months. Like, what do you mean? He's, he's coming. John Cena's going to be wrestling. I think, I think if I'm right, that the reason that this isn't being built up more and that there's not more kind of rivalry being placed into it is because I don't think John Cena is going to continue on in this story. Roman, Sammy, or KO. I think like this is all a device to build. And you saw on Raw Monday, it's all a device to build to a Roman versus KO match. And then I would think in my head to bounce off of that into a Sami Zayn Roman match at Elimination Chamber. And then Cena going somewhere completely different, whether it's right. Logan Paul, whoever I, it is. But yeah. so even without thinking about it, I think just those roots are it's a it's a weird feeling because Cena is not usually a prop to help another story. Cena is the story. Right. Right. That's, so that's I think right. I think. We have we all kind of underlying. We know what's happening. It's just it takes a, a a few layers of analysis to go like, oh, this and this and this, and that's why this. See, see, see that. That's what you get. That's what you get with uh, not Sam. Wait, Sam. What are the names of your uh, wrestling podcasts? You you break things up separate yeah. into different. Well, uh, Not Sam Wrestling is the way you can just go Not Sam Wrestling uh, wherever you get podcasts. You can also go to the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube channel. And uh, yeah. And I then just, wait, what about what, what What are your regular non-wrestling? Uh, so there's, if you YouTube go to the videos. Not Sam YouTube channel, you can get uh, Sam Roberts now and the other content that I put up there that's not wrestling related. But it's not, still got layers of analysis. If you're just an analysis fan, because I'm sure <laughs> that there are people that listen to Cheap Heat because it's great wrestling analysis, right? Right, you guys sure, do it sure. all the time, sure. right? And they're like, I don't like wrestling, but I love analysis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do analysis over there too. If you uh, want to TV shows of news stories, yeah, of, movies, uh, yeah, everything yeah, that's going on. By the way, Sam, do I? I've seen you mention it now, and I saw the great jacket you got during your uh, Secret Santa, um, which is incredible. Do I need to see the Terrifier 2, or like, is it just <laughs> disgusting to the point of I don't need to see it? First of all, that was like your 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 real Judaism came out in you. That, do I need to see the Terrifier 2, or do I need to? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know. I Look, it depends on what you're like for me. I was like, this is one of the greatest cinematic experiences I've ever had. I loved Terrifier 2, but I would never show it to my wife. Because my it's wife, that. See, I can't figure out if that's high praise or. 
Because it's away. that disgusting. It's that I mean, bad. It's horrifically gory. It's it's yeah. I mean, you're watching bones being broken and and literal salt being poured into wounds just for fun. Like it's like it's a wild ride. But it's and, a ride. And, it's a, it's and, a ride. And, and just to be clear, you don't need to see Terrifier One to to enjoy Terrifier Two. <laughs> no, no, and it's funny too because I, like I would love to talk to somebody that's only seen Terrifier Two because it gets a little weird, and they're probably going like, "Oh, I need to see Terrifier One for this to make sense." And I would tell no, them you, that's not that's not the case. That's, <laughs> no, you don't. That's not, gonna, that's not gonna help you at all. Actually, you're you're just <laughs> gonna, fine. gonna make it more weird. Yeah. <laughs> and to tie it back into to sports and recreation. Chris Jericho with a cameo in Terrifier 2. All right, guys, we actually only have a few minutes um, and we've barely talked to any wrestling. But hey, <laughs> uh, I'll ask you both to give me one big uh, takeaway from Raw last night. We saw uh, Bronson Reed uh, appear. I'll start with you, Sam. A, do you have another takeaway? And also, um, as a man who's very close to the NXT product, your thoughts on seeing uh, Bronson Reed pop up on on Raw? Uh it was awesome seeing Bronson Reed show up. You know, I still, uh, I find myself looking for answers a lot these days. Like, mm -hmm. I, I I feel like, okay, but why? Like, like, why is, tell me, just tell me why he's with The Miz. Not everything has to be, tune in and in four weeks we'll tell you why. Like, just tell me now. Yeah, what I want to know. this connection? You got three hours to kill. Let's do some story. You know what I mean? Like, tell me, like, what is the connection with Bronson Reed and The Miz? I also think it would have been helpful to do that because I think there are, I mean, all you have to do is look at TV ratings. Like there are people who don't watch NXT, right? So theoretically, there are people watching Monday Night Raw that are like, I don't know who that guy is. Well, no, no, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's find a balance. When, when Vince McMahon was running the company, the big complaint was, you were completely changing these people so they had nothing to do with their NXT character. It's like NXT didn't exist. Right. Now, now they're treating it like everyone watches NXT. Yes. Can we split the difference? A little balance where it's just like, give me a little backstory. Let's continue on. I think we should continue on with NXT. I think like, you know, that way when you find a really great character, yeah. you have this through line and this and arc that extends. Yeah, but 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 tell me more. So I want to hear more. I want to hear, I want to hear the whys. I'm all about the whys. Um, but I tell you like one of my big takeaways, and this is kind of an every week takeaway, but I guess specifically last night, the kind of, I don't know that there's ever been a more sort of organic. You didn't even know it happened, but then it happened. Babyface turn than Seth Rollins. Like I know it was mm -hmm. Iowa, but like, even if it hadn't been Iowa, every time Rollins comes out, it's like we're cheering him. We're booing the bad guys. We cheer for Seth Rollins. We're high-fiving him. We're doing, we're buying the t-shirt, everything. And it's like that to me, it, like there's such a lesson in that. Like it was just this, just the most minor tweaks to that character. And all of a sudden you're buying him as a good guy. And I, I think that that, that like, I, I don't think still people have figured out how good Seth has been all year. Seth is so good. Yeah. And that's like one of the many examples of him being good is that he was able to go from being like the top heel on the show mm -hmm. to arguably being the top baby face without <laughs> you even noticing. Really, really. I yeah. Know. 
Like, when was the baby face turn? I don't know, but I am cheering him now. You know, uh, SG, SGG, what, what for just, you was your biggest uh, takeaway coming away? So before I get to my biggest takeaway, I do want to just add a little bit more to that Seth Rollins um, convo that Sam started too. is that he's so good, too, that he made the things that we say matter in wrestling like they didn't matter. He had a championship match. He started the year with a championship match that had a non-finish and it didn't hurt him or the champion at all rolled that right into a months-long losing streak with cody and he came out of that hotter than he's ever been yeah got a title held the title for what was it two two weeks two three weeks Mm -hmm. if you if you compound all that if you put all that on somebody we would say they were dead to rights they were buried and like you said he comes out he came out of it baby face one of the most (laughs) popular people on the roster and it's a testament to just how good um, Seth Rollins is and then my takeaway from last night was sort of a blink and you missed it moment Okay, Adam Pierce is in the back mm-hmm. and he's asked about Bobby Lashley and he's like well that's between me and Bobby Lashley I'll talk to him about it and then I'll maybe I'll let you know what we talk about and then MVP comes up and he says well speaking of Bobby Lashley I need to talk to you and that mm-hmm. perked my ears up because I'm like uh-huh. Is a is a reunion on the horizon? Uh, you know, the bloodline running wild, that was great. Alexa Bliss smashing Bianca be- uh, Bianca over that the head awesome. with the Vaz. <clears throat> yeah, that give us was thank awesome. you. Give us something with Bliss. That was something. A little something with Bliss. You know, even that ladder match. I like I like the ladder match. I, I love a little money on the line ladder match. But um that blinking you missed it moment with MVP was the thing that perked me up the most and and I'm a little miffed they didn't go back to it at all, but I think that that is going to be a big story going into the new year. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to, I have to go at this exact second because in a couple of minutes, Natalie is dropping her, uh, her big NFT release on Instagram. So anyone out there is curious to ever have bought an NFT and has no idea how it works. Uh, go on Miss Hatton's Instagram and she, she has IG stories on how you do it. Cause I had to learn how to do it. And now I need to go see this release come through and be a good partner, or I am dead meat, as they say. Sam, thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday. I'll see you at the garden. SGG, we'll talk next week. Take it easy, fellas. Take it easy, boys. Stay mage. Greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.